Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view, the people who work in the prison system would have another, and I think it's up to people to decide uh, you know, where, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. It's approximately 4.01. Now first up on the show, um, we're going to be speaking with um, Ken Cannings, who, Ken Cannings, sorry, who is from Istra in Sydney and we're going to be speaking to him about a number of topics. One of them being the damning report that recently came out in regards to closing the gap um, between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people and having a look at that and having a look at has the gap actually been closed. And we all know what's been happening over many years, deaths in custody, genocide. But we'll continue that discussion later. And then later after that, we'll be speaking with Brett Collins from Justice Action. And Brett has been on this show, like Ken, um, over many shows we've done extensive coverage about justice action and we're going to be having brett on just to do an update he does a lot of work in relation to um, improving mental health facilities and other issues but before we actually get into that um, into those interviews just wanted to let listeners know that it is a very special time of year it is subscriber drive and subscriber drive is very important to the station um, why become a member of 3CR and I just want to talk a little bit about the su- subscription it buys a piece of independent media shows your support for your favorite show gives you the right to be involved in the democratic processes at the 3CR including how the station is run each year by voting at, a, at the AGM how to pay the price is $35 for unwaged $75 fully waged and 150 solidarity and you can go online Go to www.3cr.org.au and pay um, with credit card. Direct deposit. Um, you can always ring 3CR and get your um, the bank details for that. Or you can call 3CR on 94198377. Um, it'll be great if you could call and subscribe today. Um, if you find our show interesting and you want to actually subscribe, Um, during our show today or indeed um, any other day during this week so or you can post a check money order made out to 3CR PO box 1277 Collingwood 3076 or you can just drop in and pay it Um, yeah and there's so many benefits to subscribing so um, pretty soon we're going to be speaking with Ken Canning from Istra in regards to um, a variety of issues in regards to, in particular, an Aboriginal man um, who died at, at Waterloo whilst being um, arrested by police. But we'll have a look at that in a sec. Um, in the meantime, I'm just going to go into um, an announcement while we wait for Ken. Estás sintonizando 3CR. 
Call the station on 94198377. The number is again 94198377. And you're back with 3CR, the Doing Time Show. And we've got Ken on the line. Hello, Ken. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. Lovely to have you. Now, Thank you. you may or may not have heard the introduction. No, I probably didn't. Um, that's I, okay. I had phone troubles. I was about to run up around the corner to oh, take the call. Yeah, that's <laughs> what happened last time. Yeah, and, yeah. Ken, it's really lovely to have you. I always enjoy your company because we talk about so many things. And yeah. I, I spoke um, on air today and I, I just explained that we were going to be talking about um, Closing the Gap, the damning report that recently came out about um, so-called closing the gap between yeah. Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. And also perhaps maybe talking about what happened um, at Waterloo as well. Well, at, at Waterloo, I mean, that was, uh, I, I think, when was that? That was last Wednesday. Last, last week, week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, there's a young man who's uh, 13 storeys up, police kick the door down, rush in. He tries to go from one balcony to another and falls at... How I see it, how I heard it, and uh, but there, there's some alarming things here. Is they knew where he was when when police kicked the doors in like that. Particularly the history of this young man who had had some terrible hidings at the hands of the New South Wales Police or the Redfern Police. Uh, it creates fear, it creates panic. Now the the, the general thing for anybody is to get away from the police. They know that the whole world knows that. So for him to try and go from one balcony to another is not abnormal. But given that he was that far up, it would have been a lot wiser for them to put somebody out the front. He's got to come out to go to the shop sometime. Yeah. And there was an easy arrest. In it. And the warrants they had out for him weren't for uh, the serious end of the scale. It wasn't like he was, uh, you know, um, Australia's most wanted criminal. Um, they were at the minor end of the scale, so... It could have been it could have been done in a much sensible much more sensible way, but then again we're dealing with police and Aboriginal people here and they never use common sense. They use rough hand tactics every time and they care little about the outcome. And all I can see now is uh, a complete cover up, uh, you know, a scramble to cover up what well, you've got the next door command, the botany command now investigating the Redfin Command, which is absolutely ridiculous. Look, it really is. And in fact, police have launched the critical incident investigation, which, is, which will be a, a joke. And yeah. this Indigenous man fell from a 13th floor balcony, didn't he? Yeah. And yeah. died while they were attempting to take him into custody in Sydney's inner south at well, the they, housing they, block. Know, the common sense thing would have been that there was, you know, they knew where he was. But somebody would park a car at the front when he walked out, get on the radio. Bang, that's a common sense way to do things. When you start kicking people's doors in, bear in mind this man had been the victim of violence from uh, the Redfin police prior to this event. So his reaction is to get away from them. That's his reaction. And that is a normal reaction in these circumstances. They could have waited at the ground floor. He's not, he's not, he wasn't a bird. He wasn't going to fly away. No. So they could have waited till he came out and done it more peacefully. No. It's again, the police chose, they made a choice. They made the choice of the most violent way with which to apprehend somebody. That Absolutely. choice ended up in a death. Now, whether, whichever way they want to look at that, they can try and justify it, whichever means. There's another aspect to this. I've really got to take a pot shot on the online reporting of abc.com.au. Um, they, well, they did the write-up of the story. They, they went by the facts, but in... Big letters, right in the middle of the story, very big letters, is uh, family states man was on drugs. Oh, that had no. to be in big letters. Now, if you go into abc.com.au and see the story of it, you'll see, yeah. you'll see what I mean. It's disgusting reporting. That's, That's terrible. Really disgusting because that is the feature of the article. The feature of the article is not about how the police caved the door in. The feature of the article is this one statement that is meant to demonise this person yes. to uh, justify why why he was killed. Now, you know, the ABC, there's been 
they've got a lot to answer for um, in, in the sense that their, their reporting of late has just been as bad as Sydney's Daily Telegraph, as right-wing and as reactionary as the Daily Telegraph or 2GB here in Sydney who do some pretty horrible stuff on Aboriginal affairs. Well, they, they need to actually speak more about. I mean, they did mention that they, that you know that the family was requesting an independent review, but they yeah. do need to mention more about police investigating police. Don't criminalise him. Yes, he did have charges. I believe. Let's be fair here. Yeah. You know, he did have charges. I think. Yep. Well, but it was they were going on members of the public. What they were saying, you know, well, stealing yeah, yeah. and char- assault or whatever. Well, underneath that banner, the, the, the big writing of, the, you know, family says he's on drugs, they've got the little back-to-normal font now. Uh, family and neighbours stated the man was on ice. Well, yeah. how would the neighbours know? Absolutely. So Absolutely. they bought themselves on done. They've they got microscopic vision. They've they, they Superman, you know, X-ray vision where they can look through the walls. How Absolutely. on earth? Did the neighbours know? So they're quoting a totally unreliable source there. Perhaps if and he was white, would it? Would I have to throw this question out to listeners? If he was white, would there have been a difference? Oh, a, a huge difference! A huge difference. They would have been so critical of the police. They would have been hounding the police and saying, "What are the police doing, rushing a door in the first place?" Didn't they realise that people, young people, try and escape and try and get away? That some people That's right. had that fight or flight thing. They would have went right on. There would have been no mention of drugs. There would have been no mention of alleged uh, neighbours stating this or the other. I can't see how they got that statement out of neighbours. Oh, here it time. is. Yeah, yeah. I've um, just seen so, it in the uh, article here. Ask, uh, so the question has to be asked, and they've made uh, a statement. Yeah, relatives say man was high on ice. Neighbours and relatives have told the ABC. See what the man was up. So yeah. why did they bother even putting that in? Look, a crystal they, meth. What's that got to do with him falling from a building? Well, they, they, put, they put it in, obviously, to demonise yeah, the young yeah. man that has, that has lost his life and to demonise him at a time of tragedy. And, and to, again, it's, a, it's an example of reporting to uh, justify over-policing and violent-type police action. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's it. Uh, you know, that, that, that's the disgusting thing. This could have been resolved in a peaceful, non-confrontational Absolutely. manner. Absolutely, yeah. It's and, and the ABC didn't have to put any of that stuff in, you know. So. And ever since the intervention, ever since the intervention, and they yeah. allowed that, that, they had that uh, investigation into um, Tony right. Jones's role in the intervention. Yeah. They've yeah. gone downhill and downhill very fast. It's Look, it, it, it really does... Um whitewash the issue around the fact that police not only need more training but they need ongoing cultural training so that racial profiling doesn't occur well it, it's not a I, i've got another thing to add i, I actually believe police should, police should and i think there should be random drug testing i'm sure some of them are on something when when the and their eyes are rolling around the head, the right squad, when, when you're in a march and you come face-to-face with them. Bit of a scary look. Um, I would say, you know, to be in the police, in a, in a modern-day police force, I think you're going to go through more heavily before you enter uh, a more rigid psychological test. Uh, That's right. I, I, would, I would argue that TOS, yes, they need more intensive training, they need more cultural training, but they need some common-sense training. For goodness sakes, the man is on the 13th floor. He's not going anywhere. That's exactly he, right. He's not got a magic carpet that he can fly away on. Exactly. Wait down on the ground for him to go up and get a packet of biscuits or a soft drink yeah, yeah. or a snack to eat and you've got him. It's as simple as that. And, you know, I've never done any police force training, but if I no, could work but... that out, I'm sure they, they have thought of those strategies I'll tell you what, if that was a white kid, that's what they would have done. They would have said, he's in the area, keep an eye for him, we'll get him when he comes down. And, you know, it's really interesting, Ken, whose anniversary is coming up soon, the death of of TJ Hickey? Yes, yes. And that's a similar incident. They're getting, you know, and they're still in denial over that, still in denial that, uh, you know, their police chase caused his death. Of course their police chase caused his death. I mean, you look at... uh, Constable Hollingsworth at the time, I don't know how he got away with this, but he started the coronal inquiry at the time 
I refuse to give evidence on the grounds it may incriminate me. Yes. On the grounds it may incriminate me, they're the words that came out of his mouth. So therefore, whatever evidence he had to say would have seen him uh, possibly uh, be shown in a criminal manner, acted in a criminal manner, acting, acting exactly. uh, illegally. So he said those words himself, and how on earth the, uh, the coroner allowed him to get away with it, didn't say, look, until you take the stand, I'm going to put you in jail, uh, until you tell the truth on the stand. He just let him get away with it. That, that bloke has skated thin. Under his own admission, my evidence may incriminate me. Now, this is in regards to the young um, 17-year-old um, Aboriginal, Aboriginal young man, TJ Hickey. Yes. Who died in, I believe, 14 years ago. 14 years ago yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, he was 14 in, years ago this Wednesday. Yeah. And he was impaled on a fence when the police chased him through Redfern for something well, trivial. Uh, well, they're, they're trying, well, yeah, they're, they're trying to say uh, he hit the gutter, he hit this, yeah, you know. Yeah. But they kept the bike for that long. Of it course they funny. did. It, was, it wasn't an accident. No, no, but they, they hit that bike. Of I course mean, they did. The, and the, where they said he was impaled on the fence and where he was actually impaled on the fence, there's a long distance between the two. So he was, you know, it was quite obvious he was catapulted with some force. That force came from a police car hitting him. Absolutely. And they had told lie after lie after lie. It doesn't need a fresh coronial inquiry, this one. It needs a parliamentary inquiry and it needs independent people to have a part of it, independent lawyers to have a part of that inquiry. That's what needs to happen so they can have a look at the evidence, not through uh, Corinne uh, Abernathy's eyes, who allowed a man to skate off because he was going to incriminate himself, yeah. through and he, uh, have independent lawyers uh, that have uh, some knowledge, working knowledge of this case on the parliamentary inquiry. It has to happen. You can't even trust the politicians to... Um, investigate it. Uh, you know, Liberal and Labor Party are about as useful to us as a 10-year jail sentence. So what happened on the weekend? Did you see the, the report that came out about closing the gap? Oh, look, I, I had a look at the stuff again that was reported and, you know, it's, it's Turnbull uh, waffling on again, as Turnbull does. I've often <laughs> said, you know, this, this guy, um, and I... I it, it probably gets edited out every time I say it, but I swear he's on drugs. He, he's got this mad grin on his face as if I don't know where I am. Um, they're they're, they're demonising our people about being on drugs. Well, I swear we've got a Prime Minister who's a stoner. He's walking around with that silly, Goodness idiotic grin on me. his face and he doesn't know what he's saying. He does not know what he's saying. Yeah. Now, if you listen to medical experts, they're, they're talking about uh, closing the gap. A few areas he says are sort of working, sort of working. That's uh, two of them are the attendance of school and more people going through their HSC, but he doesn't talk anything about incarceration rates, deaths in custody rates, dealing with children, uh, Northern Territory intervention. He doesn't talk about the uh, life expectancy of Aboriginal people. Now, if we were going at this rate, doctors will tell you if they keep going at this rate to get the uh, life expectancy up to that of... Uh, non-Aboriginal people, would take 490 years. That's a, medical, that, that's, a, that's a medical opinion shared by a lot of doctors. And that is something that that fool Turnbull will not... He wouldn't even know. He no. wouldn't even know because he, yeah, he's, he's seeking advice off a bunch of bureaucrats who do not know what they're doing. Closing the gap will not work because it's run by non-Aboriginal bureaucrats who are only in there earning a good quid, all the money's going to their wages, earning a good quid, and they haven't got a clue what they're doing. And, you know, the, the fact is that we, we live in a colonised land, we're living on stolen mm. land, mm. and, you know, there's, there's not only is there no treaty, but you've got the over-representation, haven't we, of, um, of Indigenous oh, people it. in, in prisons? It's, it's in the 30% somewhere. Absolutely. And if you look at the outcome of the uh, intervention alone, as we speak, uh, the adult rate, uh, the adult percentages of incarceration in the Northern Territory is around 84%. The juvenile rate is a massive 96%. It's very, yeah. it's that, crazy. That, yeah, that's, that's, got to, that's got to shock the whole world. 
But we've got a government who he st- he sits, stands around and he skirts around. Oh, there's more kids going to school now. Well, there's more kids in the mm. last in New South Wales alone since June 2017. There's been an increase of 25 percent of Aboriginal people locked up. Yeah. There have been more sus- suspicious to death in the last six months than there has been in years. I mean, very highly suspicious death. They're Too not much. deaths; they're killings. And we've got a fool who will sit there and talk about attendance rate at schools looking better. Well, it's no good if you're going to go through school and the, at the end of the day you're going to be find yourself incarcerated. Correct. The fact remains we have more chance of being ending up in prison than we do universities. That's, That's a right. fact. Now, you know, the government's got to get their head around that. If education is so important, don't lock us up after the after the process, and then don't kill us while we're being locked up. Surely that's that that's not asking too much. The, uh, I've got a hashtag I use: the right to live. We are talking here about the basic rights to live, and we are not being given that. And we have these fools walking around in a little pipe dream, and I'm I'm sick to death of that idiotic grin he puts on his face every time he talks about <laughs> Indigenous issues. I'm sick to death of it. You know, I know. I think he I should know. hand himself into rehab and be done with it. You know? Oh, so, goodness gracious. At least it, it'll, it'll quash the rumours because a lot of us think he's on something. Uh, it's very difficult. Honestly, it's... Uh the politicians, I mean, what what are they actually doing? What what are they? What well, policies? What what funding is is nothing, available? Nothing. It, it, it's in the hands what of programs? incompetence. You've got an incompetent leader dealing with, but it, it, it's both sides. In Aboriginal affairs, it's both sides of the politics. It's ALP and Liberal Party, uh, LMP. I'm I'm tired of uh, there's some Aboriginal people around that are. You know, I hear them saying, when ALP gets in, when ALP gets in, this will change. Well, excuse me, it was ALP extended the intervention by 10 years. Yeah. And it's, it was Kevin Rudd who made the apology that extended it by 10 years and caused the massive stealing of children out of mothers' arms in the Northern Territory. So if, you, they think, if everybody's waiting on a Hail Mary for the ALP, they'll be waiting for infinity. They're just as incapable of handling Aboriginal affairs. The only way to do it is to lead the way of self-governance, where we govern the, the situation. Now, we don't take government funding. We must have, and it's our right, it's our very right to have a percentage of tax of big business that comes out of this land, and from there, we can form our own separate uh, powers to govern Aboriginal affairs, and we know how to fix it. You, Put it this way, you can't do any worse than these lot. These lots are absolutely hopeless. The only thing doing on both the Liberal Party and Labor Party is watch this, more people are dying and more people are getting sick. Certainly there needs to be be people working together in solidarity as well. Well, there is. You know, we're we're trying to... If you look at... uh, I think Melbourne had 60,000 people on the street on Invasion Day. Invasion Day, yep. We had 20,000 plus, some are saying up to 30,000, I don't know how many. And that's really important, isn't it, Ken? It is, yeah. A lot of those are non-Aboriginal people. So, I mean, there is a a change sort of happening within people. I've often said people are starting to get smarter. There's an evolutionary process going on in Australia. The uh, general public is starting to evolve into a smarter smarter public generally, but the politicians are not evolving. The politicians yeah. have the same mentality of those leaders who got off the alleged leaders who got off the boat in seventeen eighty eight. They just dress yeah. differently, but they've got the same mindset. Exactly. You can't tell me Malcolm Fraser thinks any different to uh, Arthur Phillip. If he if he could get out there and send our punitive ex- expedition, and not Malcolm Fraser, Malcolm Turnbull, uh, <laughs> if he could send out uh, expeditions, he would. They are absolutely putrid in their uh, in their ways of dealing with Aboriginal peoples. And yeah, you there, there's, no the consultation. there's, there's no consultation. There's no consultation. Nothing. 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 Oh, they will. They'll consult. They'll consult with somebody like Christina Price. It's just feminists, you know. But um, perhaps tokenism, perhaps. Well, you know, you'd rather consult with a brown snake. She spits out more venom than a brown snake, and um, and they're pretty toxic. We so, need to have a stronger 
um, emphasis on on programs instead of building more prisons. But those, those programs have to come. Those yes. programs have to come from the grassroots voice, not for sure the professional Aborigine voice, as I call yeah, them, the yeah, nine to five yeah. black fellas who get into these positions. The Warren Mundine, who you know, he's in the Turnbull uh, oh, camp, goodness. walks yeah. around with an idiot's grin on his face. Um, maybe they, maybe they're uh, they've got the same deal, or I don't know. But um, they've both got the same idiot grin on their faces. There isn't a care in the world. Well, I've got to tell these fellas, there is a lot of care in the world. So really, um, what we're doing is we're 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 giving, I suppose, a critique on the way that people like Warren Mundine behave behaves. Right? Well, we're not having a go at his character. No, yeah, no, um, you know, his character. I mean. He might be. He might be all right to sit down and have a cup exactly. of tea with if he, if he wasn't a, yeah, an elite yeah. spokesperson. But you, he, you're worried he, about the the actual implications of what of the way that he's um he's not representing things properly. Well, he he certainly puts himself up as representative, um, yeah. and uh, you know there, there's there's several of them around. There's several of them around, and they yeah they're absolutely despicable people in that manner, in the manner that which we. They're, they're, they're directing the narrative to uh, Government yeah. Australia. Absolutely. And the narrative is completely different to what is happening on grassroots Australia. The very successful march we ran here in Sydney, why it was successful was um, the great majority of our speakers were grassroots people. When we Absolutely. got given time on the stage at Yarban, there was an auntie and a mother of recent killings in custody who got the time. No, no big names. We didn't get... We didn't choose big speakers. We chose people who were affected by the murderous colonial regime. Oh, I see what you mean. Yep. So we and then we had a fellow from Boralula who's lived most of his life under the intervention. Nobody ever heard of these people's names, which is a refreshing for a change because Absolutely. the audience, the audience actually listened, hung off every word they had to say. Grandmothers mm. against removal. Nobody did, knew these people's names, but they hung up every word. I think sometimes the general public who are on side with Aboriginal affairs are sick of listen, listening to the lunatic brigade that are for making a living out of Aboriginal affairs and stabbing their own people in the back. I think people are starting to wake up to all these uh, professionals in the system because the, judging by uh, the reaction grassroots people, people at the cold face of the battle got from our 20,000-plus audience on the 26th of January, I think yeah. people are looking for a grassroots voice and grassroots solutions. Absolutely. These people not only articulated their own struggle, but they also articulated some possible solutions. And you're talking about the Invasion Day rally, aren't you? Yeah, the Invasion in, Day um, rally. So, so we had grassroots people giving the audience uh, possible solutions that could be done and adhered to. Absolutely. So we're not short on talent. We're not short on no, talent. No, absolutely. And Ken, you've you've been great. Look, I, as I said, I could talk to you all day. We, we <laughs> do have another interview coming up, and we're going to be speaking with Brett Collins shortly, actually, from Justice. Oh, my, say good day to Brett for me. Right, I mate. will. I'll do that. Um, and we, met, we, met, we met many, many years ago. Um, lovely guy. He's done a lot of really great work. And Because, in <laughs> fact, this show is the New South Wales show today. Yeah, because oh, <laughs> you're good, from Easter in Sydney, yeah. and now we're going to be talking to Brett soon. So well, Brett, Brett and I were old mates from our old days in the prison system. So there Fantastic! We go. Oh, good. Where <laughs> yeah. well, you go? Come oh, on. I'll say good day to him for you. Yeah. He's a lovely fella. He lovely really fella, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, keep in touch, Ken, and um, and I'm sure we'll be back to you know for future updates very soon. Thank you very much. Keep Thanks up the good work. Uh, have a good day. Thanks. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that was Ken Canning speaking about Closing the Gap, the report um, that came out about closing the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. And we also looked at um, uh, police police custody and what happens to Aboriginal people. Um, we're going to be speaking with, with, um, with Brett shortly, but in the meantime, I'll leave you with a subscriber announcement and do think about subscribing. I was around you.
And you're back with the Doing Time show and we're going to be speaking with Brett Collins um, pretty soon with Justice Action. But first of all, just wanted to make an announcement that that was a song um, about Elijah who who was an Aboriginal uh, young man who died at the hands of um, of a very, very unfair, um, tragic death. And the person, I, I don't think, even had... Um, any jail time or may have and not enough but I'll talk about that some other time because we do need to do more coverage about that it's a number of Aboriginal musicians did that that made that song and it's quite amazing it's approximately 4.34 and this is Marissa um, solo in the studio hello Brett welcome to the program hello Marissa <laughs> it's lovely to have uh, you Brett <laughs> yeah it's lovely to be there it's, it's great to, first first time of the year it is, it is, and um, absolutely, summer programming's over, and this yeah. is actually a subscriber drive. Um, we're, we're actually trying to have people in Victoria subscribe to 3CR. Yeah. Um, okay, look, it makes so much sense. I mean, you obviously are doing things that otherwise wouldn't happen, so it's so important to, to have um, people putting their hands up and saying we want to support it. And absolutely. That's, that's a good thing for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Brett, I'm wondering what's happening with Justice Action. What, what are some of the things that you're doing? I, I wanted to have you invite you back just to do a bit of an update. Okay, no, that's great. Okay, well, look, probably the most important thing we're doing is the is the rolling out of the success we had getting computers into cells, because that really is a, a game changer through the whole system. Not just not just New South Wales, but Victoria as well. But you know, all uh, all for all people, wherever they are in in a, a prison cell or in a locked psychiatric unit, wherever they are, to have access to communication, access to um, be able to email people is basic, and that that. Um, victory won here in New South Wales um, is one that is uh, uh, one on the basis of the entitlements of people to uh, to learn schools and and most importantly not um, uh, cause more damage when they go back to jail. Now, what we were able to do was to highlight that it was actually not um, it wasn't being generous to the person in jail to give them a computer. It was an essential, rational response to getting. Um, people who are, uh, who have offended in jail or who are isolated in jail to maintain their links to the community so that when they are released, they are less likely to reoffend and most importantly focused at the issue of, of domestic violence, that they have learnt skills that allow them to deal with their families when they're released. So we actually did a very careful analysis on what the impact would be um, in New South Wales if they had extra access to a computer in their cell and um, and what would be the reduction in in damage done in having a computer? And it meant that um, we were able to um, to work through the mathematics of the benefits of the systems that would become on and become available, and we're able to prove that over 500 women and children would not be traumatised, and 110 million dollars would be saved um, in if people had computers in their cells. We made the argument. Um, uh, uh, absolutely watertight, did a very careful analysis um, about a 32-page document which looked at all the figures on what domestic violence um, uh, programs were available and how they, what impact they have on people, and we're able to, um, to to prove that the prove the argument. And and at the end of it, New South Wales government said, "We'll do it. We'll do it." And, and we didn't send it. We didn't just send it to the government. We sent it to every member of parliament, upper and lower house, every judge from justice, um, from magistrates right up to the High Court of Australia, to each person separately addressed a letter, but not from us, from a letter from the, um, from the former Attorney General John Dowd here in New South Wales, and supported by Elizabeth Everett, who was um, primarily, or formerly um, uh, the uh, uh, Chief Justice of the Family Court. So, so very significant people who supported um, the argument and um, and we were then able to say, you know, if you don't supply computers themselves, um, uh, uh, the cost will be much greater to the community. And and, and it's not a question of just being mamby pamby to um, to prisoners. It's just making sure that um, uh, that the services are available prevent them from reoffending. And ah, and we won it. Yeah. So we've spent the last um, few, uh, probably three weeks, maybe four weeks, um, telling everyone, going to every state and territory, so in Victoria, for example, we've made a contact with the, um, with the Minister for Corrections, the Premier as well, opposite spokesperson Greens, and the Commissioner in every state and territory in Australia and, and run that argument out. So, um, and, and then we'll follow, follow up 
with some sort of some sort of uh, um, feedback from each of the each of the jurisdictions. But it's being taken very seriously, and so and New South Wales is now um, uh, uh, nailed its flag flag to the mast, and and will. Um, uh, bring in computers themselves. We know it's being phased in step by step in different areas. So that's that's our major campaign, and we're really, really proud of that success. That's fantastic, and and I know, look, it's it's good that we do have to plug this issue over and over again on this show, Brett, because it's not it's not actually stated on television. It's not in well, any of right. the media outlets. Well, look, the, the nice thing about this is that when people inside prison understand that there's an argument to say that it's much better for them to have it, not just for their good, but for the good of everyone, then then they all start feeling ready to um, receive their computer. So not only do you get a computer, you get access to education services. You can do courses inside inside your cell. And counselling? waiting for an education teacher that doesn't turn up, um, then you have a chance to do that. You also have a chance not only to, um, to learn new skills when it comes to, you know, knowing yourself better, but you can deal with things like, you know, if you've got drug and alcohol problems and things like that, you can have an outside service provider who you trust. And who will be there for you when you get out as well and make it link up to you. You can have emails. Like in in every, in the ACT, every week, every week, 22,000 emails go in and out of that small jail. 440 prisoners in in the ACT prison and and every week, 22,000 go in and out. So that's something that hasn't hap- doesn't happen anywhere else in Australia and, and, and we think actually nowhere else in the world. All right, so we're right on the edge of change and, and, some, and we're just making sure we push it really hard. But that's one of the things we're doing. But then there's all the other stuff. We've, got, we've had some, uh, there's been an effort here in New South Wales to, to build dormitory prisons. Dormitory prisons, oh gee, where you've got 25 maximum security prisons sitting together um, with only a, a, um, a metre and a half barrier between and like high meter and a half high barrier between um yourself and the person next door to you who you don't know and then and then Ooh. you've got uh, and and two meters um uh, two meters wide three meters long is the side of the size of the cubicles <clears throat> excuse me 25 people together just is just now that's appalling appalling and and to do it without any sort of discussion with anyone, the architects we, we presumably had a brief which no one's seen yet, and um, and they uh, just cre- created this um, monstrosity. But the monstrosity is one that that cost them over half a million dollars for each each person. So it's the same cost as if they had single cells, but they were in such a hurry to do it because they hadn't managed it properly. They decided that they'd actually build these dormitory dormitory. They called rapid build prisons. Costing enormous amount of one hundred and eighty-eight million dollars for for a a a, um, a, a four hundred prisoner a set of dormitories, twenty-five dormit twenty-five people to a dormitory. It's appalling. But we managed to have got we've got a an inquiry that's gone before the upper house in New South Wales, and that's uh, something where where we definitely intend to uh, hold the line. So it's a really important issue. And then it goes on. We got um, of course the, there's the follow-through with the Royal Commission up in the Northern Territory. There are a whole lot of things that come out of that, and most importantly, that the that the kids, um, you know, young young kids after 18 years old, they should have access once again to communication, access to complain. So if you're in Dondale, you should at least at least be able to say, "Hey, mum, I'm I'm sitting in this in this black cell by myself, and I can't I can't um, um, I can't get access to uh, 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 education. I can't get access to you know, health services. I can't, you know, and you can complain. And you can well, hey, mum, they're they're going to put a spit hood on me. Aha. <laughs> well, you see, all these things are, are, are will be will be possible, okay? And um, so we're we're driving it as hard as we can. So we are now now um, are pushing hard into the Northern Territory, and also um, also the federal government has an obligation there to follow up the Royal Commission as well. So now it's really important to get right in behind those things. Yeah? It is. It's it's terribly important, and just to take up the issue you were talking about before about the dormitory style prisons. I mean that's. That's severe overcrowding, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, I, I guess when you actually when you look at it, if you stand back carefully, you've got to say um, you know, that's that's um, when you consider it's actually a, a, an open paddock where they build yeah. these things yeah. to, to actually be mean with the space and to lock people into dormitory. We've got twenty five people who don't know each other. Right, who who actually who probably have arguments, who are all under tension, who have drug issues, and and you then throw them all, all into a, into a box together, and you expect them to get along. Now, come on, 
there's all sorts of things have happened overseas in that situation. There's all sort of gang um, uh, breakups and bullyings and and some and the tension is there all the time. So now even the idea of a of a prison officer walking into a dormitory to to try to prevent something from happen oh, from happening. Yeah, right. You know, it means people's lives are at risk at every stage, and it means people can't go to sleep for except for um, uh, feeling fearful and having to have a friend beside them. You know, just the whole idea is appalling. It could only have been created by people who have never been in a cell and who know nothing about about imprisonment. Absolutely. It's approximately 4.44 and you're listening to an interview with Brett Collins, Coordinator of um, Justice Action. And Brett, just one last thing. I I know you've been um, representing Australian inmates and involuntary mental health patients at local OPCAT conferences. Are you still doing that? Yes, absolutely. Can you describe that? Well, that's right. Look, only just um, towards the end of last year, there was a there was a roundtable and also a seminar uh, looking at what are the obligations of Australia uh, to ensure that people who are uh, isolated, um, whether it's an inst- whatever sort of institution that is, whether it's a prison or or a, um, a mental hospital or a yeah. juvenile justice institution, that those uh, those people um, have their human rights in inverted commas, whatever they are, right, um, uh, properly defended. So, um, so OPCAT is the is the international instrument, right? So, under the United Nations um, Declaration of Human Rights, there are quite a few human rights that accrue, and then in details they go down to now what are the entitlements of people um, to not be tortured. So, um, OPCAT is the optional protocol against the convention, the convention against torture. So, and torture is many things. Torture doesn't have to be you know, taking out your fingernails or you know, poking out your eyes. Torture can be um, removing uh, uh, your dignity and humanity. Right? So, and that means a lot of stuff. And obviously, the situation up in Dondale with the a young kid who was sitting in, the, in, a, in a chair strapped down with a hood over his, over his, uh, his, uh, his face, that was definitely torture, yeah. according to the Act. And so, so what OPCAT does, OPCAT forces each of the states and territories to, to ensure that there's a mechanism of some sort to inspect prisons and inspect places of detention and, and to ensure that they abide by, by their treaty. So it's a whole range of stuff that follows from there, and we're watching really closely. Like we're, we're, you know, we're, when I say watching, we are, we are engaged. We have to be engaged. And we are making sure that the, the rights of the person in prison is actually is being fully defended, and, and we'll have full discussion about it all before any, any, you know, uh, any agreements are made. But now our most important things are that we should make sure that everyone has access to a computer in their cells so they can actually report about their abuses. They can report to the ombudsman. They can report to the, wherever it's got to be, to their lawyer and make sure that they, their voice is heard. And also that other prisoners are able to uh, to become their ears as well, and their eyes and ears and their voices, and making sure that, that it isn't up to you know single individuals to defend themselves. Yeah? Absolutely. And in fact, you know, I liked the quote that you put into um, this particular... It's it's It looks like it's something online here, and you say, it's embarrassing that Australia has lagged behind many other much smaller countries who accepted the responsibilities they had under the treaty. Well, that's right. Look, you know, Australia has been like years behind accepting its obligations under OPCAT. And so the idea of what they call the National Preventative Mechanism is something that has been adopted by a whole range of other countries. Like New Zealand is way ahead of us. Um, Absolutely. The obligations are clear. You know, they, they have to open up and, and, and um, to be uh, uh, examinable and for people to put in complaints and have them listened to and, and respectfully and the rights to appeal and all those sort of things come out of it. They don't do it. There's no treaty here. No, that's right. Well, <laughs> um, the, the the Attorney General um, uh, George Brandis was uh, uh, totally embarrassed about what had had happened up in Dondale, and so the abuse of that young kid up in Dondale made them realise that they currently um, are allowing torture to occur and against the most vulnerable. So th- that was the point at which the government said it could not avoid uh, uh, being a signatory and and um, um, uh, and accepting the protocol. Of OPCAT. And so that was the turning point. And the Attorney General actually said that uh, to a round table at which I attended. Well, that's all the more reason actually for um, listeners to subscribe to 3CR because of the fact that the Do and Time show actually reported on the mistreatment of youth detainees at Dondale 
um, at the end of 2014-2015 and those incidents at that facility didn't gain national attention until mid-2016. Wow, doesn't that say everything? What does that say, Brett? Uh, Well, that that says how important it is to have independent media outlets such as 3CR uh, being able to report fearlessly and also drawing the information um, that other other media outlets are not listening to. So I think very important function and, and um, you know, well done to 3CR and I, you know, I certainly commend you for it. We're very pleased to, um, to have your support in what, you, in, what, in what you're doing. We love to have you too on the show, Brett. And also Ken Canning from Easter Sydney sends his, his says day, sends his regards. Oh, that's marvelous. We just okay, had an interview too. with him previously looking at um, the... The appalling, um, the the damning report that came out um, about closing the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. You know, Ken's marvellous, a very good friend, and I'm, I'm pleased that he, he uh, had a chance of expression. Well, this is a New South Wales show today. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, no, look, these issues, these issues are Australian issues. It's, they really are. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, I, you know, and, uh, absolutely, and so you know, it comes to Don Dale. You know, that's an Australian issue. It impacts on. It's an Australian issue, indeed. It is. I was being a little bit light-hearted, but but you're right, Brett. And and you know, look, this covers Victoria. It covers the whole of Australia. In fact, the whole of Australia is an intervention, and in many yeah. ways, it is 1788 all over again. Absolutely. Well, that's that's right. And and uh, look, I don't doubt at all that that also uh, your um, your program is also able, able to be able to access in different ways. I assume it can be accessed online. And all those Absolutely. Things that, you know, yep. Well, you know, and we that we have a podcast as well. Yes. Not 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 just national, international. So that's really important. Yeah, people are lucky. Absolutely lucky. Thank you very much for it. Have a lovely um, week and keep up the good okay. work. Lovely. Okay. Thanks, Marissa. Thanks, Thanks a lot. for the team of 3CRT. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye. And that was Brett Collins from Justice Action speaking about um, some programs um, that came out of Justice Action, giving an update on the wonderful work that they're doing. And we're just going to go into another subscriber announcement. And previously you heard a song um, about Elijah um, from from WA who was tragically killed Um and there was a lot of unfair, um, unfair trials about that. Tracy the perfect companion in your car on your road trip. You can stream radio Anywhere. straight into your car. Straight in. Like 3CR yeah. gets streamed straight into your car. Keeping you company, no matter where you're going or what you're doing, you'll have something interesting in your ear. That's correct. And you can Bluetooth it and you can just stick it right into you. Yeah. <laughs> Is any kind of attachment you want? <laughs> to subscribe to 3CR, unwaged is $35. Yes. yes. Waged? 75 And solidarity? 150 $150. That's pretty reasonable to help keep 3CR on air. Call 3CR 94198377 and... Subscribe. Subscribe today. Subscribe now. When I'm on a road trip, I want to take 3CR with me and listen to Rock and Roll. Ali MC and the Footscray Community Arts Centre present Rohingya Refugee Crisis in Colour an exhibition that delves deep into the heart of the ongoing Rohingya refugee crisis. Featuring photography from both Ali MC and Rohingya refugees, a short documentary and stunning aerial drone footage. Head down to the opening at Footscray Community Arts Centre, 6pm on Thursday, February 8. The exhibition runs from February 9 until March 10. For more information, visit footscrayarts.com. A 3CR supporter. We will not negotiate with minor state of title government or anyone on, on our culture, on, on our land. You know, if people say, oh, you're going to finish up with nothing, well then so be it. But at least our hearts will tell us that we did not sell out our country and our culture and heritage for a few scungy dollars. Subscribe to 3CR so that your dollars support Indigenous voices and the struggle for land justice. For Aboriginal people, the greatest grief of all is seeing the country destroyed. 
And somewhere along the line, we have to realise that we have, don't actually have the right to do that. That nothing we've ever done has given us the right to do that. Now, you know where I stand on this, because I'm so simple-minded, I think we've just got to admit that this is an Aboriginal country. Just do it. And you're back with the Doing Time Show, and it's approximately 4.54. And pretty soon we're going to be going out with our theme song, Blackfella, White Frella from the Rumpy Band. Thank you to both of our guests. Thank you to Ken Canning from Istra Sydney for coming onto the show. And thank you also to Brett Collins from Justice Action. We've got Beyond Zero up next. And, um, yeah, just wanted to also take this opportunity to really encourage listeners to subscribe to 3CR. This is Subscriber Drive. I believe it's going for, excuse me, for about a week. And it is really important to subscribe by an independent piece of media. And you might very well ask, why become a member of 3CR? Because it shows support for your favourite show. It gives you the right to be involved in the democratic processes at the 3CR, including how the station is run each year by voting at the AGM. And I'll just give you a little bit of a summary because we're running out of time um, about how to pay. First of all, I'll give you the prices. Um, The price is $35 for unwaged, $75 fully waged and $150 solidarity. And you can um, subscribe online, www.3cr.org.au slash subscribe and pay with your PayPal or credit card account or direct deposit Um, and you can write your name in the reference field and give 3CR a call if you want to do a direct direct transfer. Um, or you can call now 039419 during business hours and do a credit card payment only, only. Or you can co- go down in person and visit the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy and pay by cash, credit or cheque. Or, or... You can post a cheque or money order made out to 3CR to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And it's really important to uh, for someone or just some people to subscribe to keep the station on air. And it doesn't have to be today. It can be um, over the next week. So, yeah, this is another show that's um, rocking to a close now and... The Doing Time Show, tune, tune in every Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. Um, or you can go to www.3cr.org.au and look at the podcast if you've missed most of it. Anyway, that's Beyond Zero up next and we're, we're going to be going out now with our theme song, as I said before, Black Fella, White Fella from the Warumpi Band. And what I want to say to people is stay strong and look after each other. And, uh, yeah. Bye.